Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I am here with a very special guest. He's a really interesting person. He's written over 12 books. He's currently in Thailand and originally from the US and his name is Chris Bucky. Chris, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you Jasper? Very well, thank you. How's, uh, how's life in Thailand? Life in Thailand is awesome. It is warm. Actually, it's a little rainy today, uh, but uh, being able to uh, go to the beach whenever I like while other people are uh, freezing their butts off and the uh, the snow and the ice is, is kind of nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can totally imagine. I've been to Thailand a few times and always had a great time there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you get to beaches where you are right now, eh? Absolutely. It's not too bad here in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, it's always it's, it's it's always nice to go to the beach. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. It's um it's funny on my Facebook feed. I have a lot of friends around the world, and a lot of them are suffering from the cold and whatever. And I've I've, I've actually I have a series on my blog that uh, it hopes to to warm people up. It might be uh, a little bit late, but uh, if you happen to be suffering from the cold, um, my blog actually has a lot of uh, beaches on it, a lot of blog posts about beaches. So check it out when you get the chance. <laughs> uh, the blog is uh, oneweirdglobe.com, and uh, it's actually a series I'm running for December, but uh, it'll be up for a long time to come. So Awesome. So now that we're talking about your blog, maybe you can give us a background of, of who you are and, and what you're doing. How, how did you get to live in Thailand and you know write books and, and do all that fun stuff? Sure. Well, um, I first, I'm originally from the U.S. I was born near Chicago, Illinois. And in 2008, I got the chance to move to South Korea to teach English to, to little kids. And this was a huge move. People were like, why are you going to South Korea? Why do you want to go so far away from home? And I said, well, it sounds like an interesting opportunity. And I took it. The next thing I know, I'm teaching English in South Korea. I'm traveling around the country. Uh, I made it a point to go to a new place or event or festival or destination, just something new every week. And over time, I built up a blog to tell my friends and family where I was going and what I was doing and such. And over time, I realized that a lot of people were tuning in to, to read this thing. So I, so I said, awesome, cool. Uh, in 2010, I got a, a domain name, began taking it more seriously, and uh, continued traveling, continued seeing what there was to see around Korea. I started focusing on the unusual, the offbeat, the bizarre sort of destinations, the sort of places that tourists don't really get to. And I've continued that today. 
uh, in Thailand, where I will be coming out with a book in the spring of 2015 that will cover Thailand's weirdest, most unusual, most bizarre sort of destinations. And that just about catches me up to today. The um, a books I've written over a dozen books and itineraries, uh, all of, all of which are available on Amazon.com. If you uh, search for me, search for my, my name, you'll see them there. But uh, yeah, most of them are about uh, places to go, what to do in different cities or different countries. Uh, I've written mostly about Korea and Thailand, where I've lived. And next year, 2015, I'll be writing and traveling around Europe and also South America. Great. I'm actually looking at your books right now, and uh, one one of the books is called Weird and Wonderful Korea. So, mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the most recent big book I've written. It's kind of a it's basically yeah, it's basically the book I wrote about Korea after traveling around for five years. It features over a hundred of the country's weirdest, most unusual, most bizarre sort of destinations. And if you're traveling to Korea, even even if you only have a week in the country, there's a lot of crazy, weird stuff you can see. And I guess if, if you're the sort of traveler that goes, I just want to see the mainstream places that everyone else sees, this book is not for you. If you're the sort of person that goes, I have got to see the placentas inside the the, the jars. And you go, huh? <laughs> and, you, well, okay, in, in the book, there's actually a story about this king, this Korean king, who saved the umbilical cords and the placentas of his kids. And you go, what the hell? And I go, exactly. So you can go to this place and you get, you can take a little tour and you can see why he did it and how he did it and how these, uh, these jars um, got to this, this little place in the middle of nowhere. You'd probably never hear about it in a regular sort of mainstream publication. Well, that's, uh, that's definitely uh, pretty interesting. So if I ever go to Korea, I'll make sure to, uh, to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's get into uh, let's get into Airbnb. How did you uh, find out about it? Well, I remember hearing about Airbnb back in Korea. I was it, it was the sort of thing you see it on a Facebook feed or a friend starts talking about it, and you look into it, and it goes, "Yeah, that sounds like fun." Uh, where I was living in Korea, I didn't have the opportunity to uh, to rent out any space. I didn't have a space of my own for the most part, and the space that I ended up having was just too small to uh, to seriously consider renting. Um, quick note that most most apartments in Korea are tiny. You know, fifty sixty square meters is is considered rather on the large side. So if you're looking for uh, a place in Airbnb to rent, you definitely would recommend looking for uh, like the whole space or the whole uh, apartment to yourself, uh, any sort of shared space or even like a private room. If you're, if you're looking to go to Korea as a guest, you'll probably want the entire apartment to yourself because a shared space might feel kind of cramped. But um, I actually uh, came across your book, uh, right, right at the the perfect time. Actually, um, I had been doing. I had put up my an extra room in our Con Ken house uh, for Airbnb, but you know, wasn't getting any takers. I felt like I had pictures and the text just right. But 
but it wasn't getting anywhere. Um, and then I came across your book and said, well, that sounds, he sounds like he's, he knows exactly what he's talking about. And right as I was reading that, we were moving from Konkan to Krabi, where we are now. And that was a, a perfect time to say, well, we're going to be looking for a new apartment. I'm going to consciously look for an apartment that has a second room, a second bedroom for, uh, for guests. And so my wife was, was in with, was, was in with me and we host guests every now and then when, when the reservations come through. So did you, did you see any improvements like recently with the amount of in inquiries and bookings you get or? Um, we've seen some, the, now bear in mind, I've been, I've been hosting people for about uh, three months now mm -hmm. and we have, we've had, we've had several uh, people come through Um one disadvantage to our current location, we're not in um, the easiest to find location. In fact, uh, I ended up having to write out a couple paragraphs worth of directions in order for people to find their way here. Okay. The bus, the, the local uh, white bus actually stops within a hundred meters of our house. It, you know, it just passes right by us along the main road. And, um, so that's that. I figured that'd be a really easy way for people to get around. Uh, turns out that uh, despite um, some large yellow signs and specific directions and GPS coordinates and Google Maps, some people still have a hard time finding the place. Uh, <laughs> so um, I'm not really sure what to do about that sometimes. But um, now the moral of the story is that uh, people are definitely uh, looking for something specific and i think the more time you spend as a guest looking for like just the right sort of place the more happy you'll be as a host what you can do is is beyond just describing your place accurately really you know playing up the benefits we have a wonderful quiet house the loudest thing outside beyond uh, an occasional dog bark might be the crickets you know there's no zooming traffic there's no uh, tourist anything there's no big bass speaker there's no club music it's just quiet it's awesome <laughs> so uh so i so I, I emphasize that that fact to uh, to folks that look at the listing if you're looking for a quiet place this is the place to come mm -hmm. if you want to be right on the beach within a stone's throw of the sands this place is not for you right. i'd love to host you but <laughs> i'd also rather not to go back to what you said earlier about the directions, what I've noticed as well is that some people don't prepare themselves too well. They kind of oh, just God, show yeah. up and then, um, you know, and then they, they look <laughs> on their iPhone, on, on your listing, uh, to see where the directions are. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I've experienced the same thing because I sent my, well, my guest a guidebook and it has you know, pictures of a map with a, with a blue line that indicates, indicates exactly how to walk. And, you know, just like you have plenty of directions, but I still get people asking sometimes, you know, I'll get a text like 30 minutes before they're supposed to arrive. And they text me like, Hey, I, I just mm -hmm. got to central station. Like how, how do I proceed? Um, but you know yeah. what, like well, the, the one thing that I, uh, that I want to do when I get back to Amsterdam is I'm literally going to, when I arrive at, at the airport, I'm going to use my, my iPad and I'm literally going to film myself as I go to my house. And then I'm going to put that on YouTube 
and you know like make it fast forward so it don't it won't take too long so that people can literally see me going from the airport to my house yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's not a bad idea um now the part of part of the issue is um people bring in uh their own expectations their own mindsets about how to get around uh -huh. and even if we even if i give like really good directions people will people people have still called me and asked how do i get to your place and my response is always well if you look at the reservation details you'll see there are directions from the bus terminal from the plane from the airport from the train <laughs> station there actually is no train station but um <laughs> And like the like the first thing, the first two two lines is literally the GPS coordinates and a, a short link to Google Maps. And well, then I hear, oh well, we don't have data. So you've come to Thailand and you've decided to uh, uh, not have like get a local SIM card. Okay, that's fine. That's why I provide the the other directions. You know, you get on get on the only bus that appears at the airport and. What it's it's literally one route. It's one bus route, and when it turns left, <laughs> you know, look for the sign. Um, but uh, I, I don't. I, it's a sort of thing where you kind of wonder how people can screw something so easy up, and that's going to make me sound horrible. But um, <laughs> no, I had I had one lady that that asked me, "Oh, what? It can't? How how does a taxi get there?" And I go, "Oh no," because here in Thailand. I can show a local my address. It can be in the Thai script, perfectly written. It's it could, the exact same address as as a, as I would send uh, like a package through the post office, mm -hmm. and a local will not have any idea on how to get here. They it, the the issue is that the address often has little uh, connection to the real world. Um, so what I've ended up having to do a couple of times, uh, someone, a couple of people have just, they, they never, they didn't get off the bus at the right place. So what I've, what I've ended up having to do is to go into town and find them. Oh, I'm at the da -da 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 restaurant. Okay. <laughs> so I find them and I say, Hey, nice to meet you. And uh, and then we get them in a, a motorcycle taxi so with sort of the, the taxi system around here, mm -hmm. and I just tell them to follow me, and and that works. It's it's slow and a bit more uh, time consuming than it really should be, but it works. Um, now, but um, and then every so often you kind of go, well, are my directions really that crappy? Are people really, <laughs> really not able to find the place? And then just when you think that, you have someone else that comes in, and they find the place perfectly no problem. And I go, thank you. That's an awesome guest right there who can find their way to your place on their own without needing all kinds of help. But yeah. um, no, it's... Um, I guess that if, if there's if there's a moral to this at all, it's that the better directions you can give, the better. But be prepared for people that are unable or um, unprepared to follow them. Absolutely, and I think that's a that's a that's a very good point. Um, you know, I've had the exact same experience, and even though the directions are good, you know, sort of the last hour before before check-in i'm always watching i'm watching my phone i'm watching my email because i just know that sometimes people just get lost you know they they forgot yeah. to bring the directions they don't have an internet connection they they have you know maybe they wrote down the address on a piece of paper and um 
And they lose the paper. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah exactly. And, uh, you know, so I, I also have a, there's a little cafe near my place that everybody knows. Like you, you can ask mm-hmm. anyone in Amsterdam and they'll know that place. So I always tell my guests, you know, if, if anything goes wrong for some reason, you're completely lost. Just go up to a random person and ask for the name of this bar. Go there. There's free Wi-Fi. And, and then, you know, get in touch with me. <laughs> Mm-hmm, that's exactly. the last resort uh the last resort option yeah so so i guess yeah the, the, so the moral is you know be pre- be prepared for uh people that have not followed the directions and have sort of a, a contingency plan ready to go if, if nothing else having that um i guess sort of set up in your mind gives them gives you a good solid idea of plan b it sounds more professional that way mm-hmm. you know i was just talking to uh one of the one of the guys who was on the Superhost panel on the Airbnb Open uh, a few weeks ago in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and he goes so far to specifically instruct his guests to write down the address, his phone number, and 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 some more information on a piece of paper and put it in their pocket before they leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thought that was quite funny. You know, in the days of modern communication. It's it's actually not a bad idea to tell people to do that because you know that piece of paper will will always be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if nothing else, just having the ability to uh, communicate, even just by paper and pen, that often ends up being the uh, the best solution sometimes. And maybe we can we can learn how to use smoke signals and you know pigeons and <laughs> stuff like that as well. But let's go back um, to uh, when you started out with your with your Airbnb listing. I'm just curious: did you have any concerns about about starting with this? Not really. My biggest concern at first was pricing, and also uh, making sure it was was worth the time and the effort. Um, so what I ended up doing at first, uh, like you recommend in your book, I started off with a, with a lower than market price. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I think even now, I'm still one of the cheaper listings for a, for a private room in Krabi. Um, and part of, part of that is because I know I can't charge the same price as uh, someone that's closer to the beach or whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, my only, my only concern when I started was trying to ensure people could find the place, trying to ensure people could uh, get around and that they could, you know, enjoy their time in the, in town. Um, so to that end, I bought some yellow signboards. I made some signs. I hung the signs up. Um, I uh, put up, there's like a two-page laminated panel in the guest room that has everything from the Wi-Fi password to some of the basic culture and customs about Thailand if this is their first uh, stop in the country. And, you know, just try to try to pass on some of the basic information. I've got a couple of really big maps in the living room, and they're often conversation pieces. In fact, one of them, it's a, it's a map of the world. And so... Uh, the blue dots are, are me, where I've traveled to, where I've been in the world. The red dots are my wife, who's also done a fair bit of traveling herself before we met. And I'll usually point out that there's also green dots on the map. Then I'll hand the guest a green marker, and I say the green dots are guests, where they're from. And so I get each guest to, to dot the map on their own, and they can kind of take a look around to see where else we've hosted people from. 
Okay, well, that's great. That's a that's a really cool idea. So, what are some of the countries that you've hosted so far? Um, we've had everything from we had a guy from New Zealand. We had a couple of Slovenian ladies. There was a couple of folks from uh, Sao Paulo. Uh, yeah, just from all over the place. That's that's awesome. And uh, what's what's been your most remarkable guest so far? You know, I'm not really sure I've had a really remarkable guest. I've had some interesting ones, but for the most part, what I've noticed is that people tend to want to uh, come in and put their stuff down. I'll get them some water. And um, if they're if they're talkative, if they're in the mood to chat, um, I'll kind of make myself available in the living room. And um, I'll tell them, hey, go grab a beer on me. Don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, just sit and chat. Um, more often than not, some, a lot of folks, they come in and they go, well, it's time to crash. It's time to relax. And so that's cool. Then uh, more, sometimes they're, they're up in the morning before we are. And uh, so I go, okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll see them when they get back. Um, there's, been a, there's been a couple of guests uh, that have been wonderfully talkative and uh, had a lot of fun stories. There was um, a, a European couple that was going to motorcycle across Russia. And they're going to go like, literally from uh, Georgia in Europe through Russia uh, all the way out to the Pacific Ocean. And I thought, you're going to do that during winter through Russia. Okay. Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a very interesting travel plan. So, <laughs> so we, had a, we had a fun time talking about places they'd been and, and uh, uh, their plans for their future travels. And how do you um, how do you usually um, how do you tell the, your guests sort of what they can expect from you and or do you make them breakfast or do you, do you eat with them do you take them out like how how do you because uh, I know this is one of the biggest challenges I think for for Airbnb hosts who are renting out a private room you know it's sort of like figuring out does my guest want to interact with me does he want to do things with me does he want to share a meal or something or or does he want to keep by by himself well um i'd love to say as soon as i have the uh the hundred percent answer to that i'll write a book of my own and make a million dollars off of it <laughs> um, as far as yeah really there's no there's no easy way to tell more often than not what happens is i kind of I, I kind of just give them the once over. Are they? Do they look happy? Do they look sad? Do they look tired? Do they look uh, alert, aware? Um, after um, ensuring their stuff is dropped off, I you know I get get them some water or a drink, and I and I ask them uh, what their plans are for tonight. Um, I've invited a couple a couple folks uh, out to the local quiz nights here, which is like every Wednesday night, and it's uh, there's a great opportunity to, to socialize not, not just with me but also a lot of the, the locals and tourists around the area so um one thing i've started doing actually is uh i recently picked up uh, a second uh, motorcycle second scooter and uh the intent is to rent that out to the guests for uh, basically the same price as they charge in town um so that they can have a way to get around without having to worry about, well, am I going to get ripped off? Am I going to have to deal with a crappy scooter? And you know, the sort of things that you know do happen sometimes. But um, yeah, as, as far as figuring out how sociable a person wants to be, you can kind of feel them out when you when you first start talking to them. Um, 
if the, if if they give you the sort of basic polite answers and they're kind of you see their eyes kind of going elsewhere, then then they're probably ready to call it a night. Um, more often than not, if you if you if you see them uh, interested and engaged in the conversation, you can kind of take that to the next level. And and uh, I'll just I'll ask him, hey, have a seat. I'll I'll get you a drink and uh, yeah, have a look at the map, and we go from there. So it's pretty much just using using common sense, just using your social skills to, you know, to kind of pretty get much, an impression, yeah. impression of, of what your what your guest uh, is is really looking for. Um, you mentioned the scooters. Uh, I, I remember uh, being in Thailand and and driving around on the scooters was one of the most fun things to do. I gotta say, it is it is it is virtually necessary. Uh, in this part of the the country, uh, for better or worse, there there are a couple of there is a bus route that Kate, that connects the airport to the bus terminal and and down to Ao Nang, the big beach in the area, uh, but it only runs at one route. Uh, in Thailand, there's also the Song Tao, which is basically a pickup truck with a couple of benches in the back, and. And that and that has a slightly different route, but again, it's only one route. If you're going to get around elsewhere, um, a, a typical taxi ride might be uh, 250 or 300 baht, and that's about the same price as you pay to rent a scooter for the entire day. So, <laughs> it, it, the, the question the, the question comes down to: Would you rather have a single taxi ride, or would you rather get around? Um, on your own so but yeah having having a scooter you know i i, I bought it it's mine I, it's, I maintain it take care of it got a couple of brand new helmets and you know it'll be it'll be there for people to rent if they want um at first i thought about like lumping it into the uh, airbnb uh hotel fee but uh that i realized that i don't want to force every person that that comes to my place to rent it so mm-hmm. it'll be available as a, as an extra if you want it if someone would rather go into town and and uh find a place that's that's cool as well yeah no, i think it's uh i think it's great to offer these types of extra services um because you know these are things that people are going to be looking for anyway right and you might as well make a little exactly. bit of extra money on it that's fair enough and, and those uh those little uh vans with the with the benches are are those, are those the song tuk-tuks? song house um, song house and tuk-tuks okay a tuk-tuk is in most in most places around thailand a, a last resort way to get around they're smaller they're physically smaller um picture like the size of a compact car and you can usually get two maybe three people in you can usually get the backpacks in if you get past three people it gets to be kind of dicey uh here in krabi they have uh some red uh vehicles that are a little bit bigger than a typical tuk-tuk and a little smaller than a song towel they call them a tuk-tuk and they can usually get a about three or four people in. They're specific. They're specifically for taking people from A to B um, as as requested. Essentially, the song tau typically sticks to their route, uh, at least here in here in Krabi. Quick pro tip: If you're coming to Thailand, that is not it's 
not the same across the country. Uh, the Songtaos in Chiang Mai, up in the north, for example, they're more like a shared taxi than a than a bus route. So, you'll if you're in Chiang Mai, you'll tell the driver where you're trying to go, and he'll he'll say yes or no, and you'll get in the back. Um, but most everywhere else you go in the country, the Songtaos will have a route, or they'll. They'll basically just, you know, go along the length of the road or the highway, and then they get to the end, they make a U-turn and come back the other way. Um, so, yeah, uh, think of a song tower as something that sticks to a route and a tuk-tuk as uh, a vehicle more like a taxi. Okay. Interesting. So, I didn't know that. So, it's always good to learn something new. Anyway, uh, we're getting to the end of this episode. Uh, it was really fun talking to you, Chris. So maybe you can let our listeners know again uh, how they can find out more information about you and your your Airbnb, where your Airbnb listing is, in case people are visiting. Sure. It's uh, well, my blog is over at oneweirdglobe.com, uh, just like it sounds, one weird globe, and my listing is actually up in Krabi. And if it's going to be the picture of uh, the outside of our house, I don't have the uh, the URL handy right now. Well, I'll, I'll but, add it to uh, the yeah, show notes. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, just put it in the show notes. That'll, be, that'll probably be better. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, everybody, go out and check out those show notes at getpaidforyourpet.com forward slash podcast. You'll see Chris's episode up there. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll have plenty of resources if you want to find out more about Airbnb hosting. And you can also go to Amazon.com. And if you search for Airbnb, our book sometimes comes up first, even in front of the Airbnb application, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, if you you Google Chris, Chris's name, Chris Baki, you will also find uh, lots of his books. Uh, a lot of them are about, are about Korea. So if you're interested in Korea, then uh, go ahead and check those out. And of course, uh, check back every Monday and Thursday for another episode. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.